the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Ten minutes. Uh, actually, hold on. Hold on. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and for the next couple of hours, we're going to be here talking about cars and car repair problems and car repair issues. And you're welcome to join us if you have a specific problem with your car or if you've got a quandary with your car or if you've got a issue with respect to the two of you, your husband and wife don't agree on a particular f- how you drive it or what you do and all that stuff. We can talk about those kinds of things. And we'll also talk about some other stuff that I think is of importance to the motoring public to help prevent the uh, the upselling and and the uh, panic selling and then the, the, the creating the environment that this is a dangerous situation if you don't uh, replace your windshield wiper fluid. Those are the kinds of... And that's an ex- a gross analysis, but but in the, in the end of things... Um, our industry has had a reputation, and certainly there are some double-digit people and shops out there that create the needs when really there are none. And it all boils down to your owner's manual. That's what it boils down to. So it's that simple, just your owner's manual. So give us a call if you'd like, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We have five lines open, and Gil answers the phone. He'll ask you what your name is, and then he'll whisper in my ear that we've got Mary on line one, and I'll go to Mary, and we go from there. So it's kind of high-tech in that respect. I get a lot of technical magazines, and one of the magazines that caught my eye here recently was Routine Maintenance in 2021. Um, Are your routine service processes the same as they've always been? Maybe it's time to change that. I'm thinking to myself, in the old days, when I first started at a gas station when I was in high school in 1968, we did oil changes every 3,000 miles. And of course, then everything was off an oil change interval, so we rotated the tires every other oil change. And then we typically did all the fluids at about 30, 60, and 90,000 miles. And that's kind. Of, and then brakes was kind of a wear issue, and fan belts, we usually replaced those when we did something that was related to the front of the motor. For instance, if you had a water pump fail at 60,000 miles, well, the water pump's driven by one of the belts, and most of them have to come off anyway. So to replace the belts with new ones, there's no additional labor costs because they all had to come off anyway to get to the water pump that's buried in the middle of the maze of fan belts. So those were the kinds of things, and those were the kinds of attitudes that certainly more than half of the gas station owners and the shop owners back then carried forth. They thought, what's in the customer's best interest? Now, obviously, your success, your income stream, and how nice a truck and boat you have and all that other kind of stuff has to do with sales. 
but like most businesses, the auto repair industry works off about a 10% or less net profit, so they get to keep 10 cents of every dollar. However, then Uncle Sam's going to take between 25 and 33% of that. So at the end of the day, you're sitting there at 7%, 7 cents out of every dollar. That's typically what my, what I have seen over the last years as I exchange information about my shop with other shop owners, and they have a a group called a 20 group where you get a bunch of shop owners together and everybody shares the information and everyone's information is inputted into the same spreadsheet so we can figure out how many square each square foot of your shop generates how much in income not income I'm sorry in sales everything's based off of sales so those were the fun days and I've been around since the 20 groups and even after that and even to this day it's not uncommon for my shop to compare books with other shops friends of mine perhaps not people that live next door to me but and share that information he's getting so much his his cost associated with maintenance of the building is so much less than ours what are we doing differently oh we're washing the windows every week he's having the windows washed every month oh that might be one of the many things those kinds of things so I've been a master technician um, since 1991. I've been ASE certified since 1986. And I'm today I'm an ASE master certified technician with an L1 rating. And the master means I've passed all the tests. There's eight of them. And then an L1 is an advanced drivability and performance rating. And that's the one is the diagnosis. So we can talk about any of that that you want, especially the diagnosis, because from the diagnosis point of view, you can take the same car to five different shops and you're going to probably get five different answers but I think I can convince you that they're all rooted in the same fundamental process well let me say this four of the five are rooted in the same fundamental process there are shops that I have been around that have a very high number with respect to diagnosis and they justify it saying this they say no one knows how long it's going to take because we haven't till we find out what it is. I agree with that sentence. I agree with that sentence. No one can tell you how long it's going to take to track this down. It can be five minutes or it can be five hours. It could be either one of those. That's a difficult thing. So when you call up and say, I have a check engine code, what's your diagnostic? There's a lot of answers you're going to get. I think the overwhelming majority of the shops that have been around a long time have just kind of a a balance so if the tech if we give it to a seasoned technician and he finds it in uh, three quarters of an hour then typically everybody's building three quarters of an hour everybody that I know there are other people that are going to take that up to an hour or whatever and of course the the point nine of an hour the point five of an hour is a derivative of your labor rate so if your labor rate happens to be a hundred dollars an hour that's easy to figure that out twenty forty sixty eighty and a hundred so that's easy. However, it's different when it's $135.39 per hour. And that makes it a little di- more difficult to uh, to figure out. But it is a tough thing. And I guess the question is, is that there appears to be a movement, which, by the way, I, I agree with, that we give you a range. And the range is, is it will not cost you less than $75 to f- identify the problem related to the code. And to give you an estimate for the repair. So the repair is actually three things. To find it, the part, cost, and to replace the part. 
And then the free test on the back end is just make sure that what we saw at the front is now gone in the back. That's something that typically isn't charged, but it's part of the diagnostic process. It's the follow-up. So those are the kind of things that are really tough. And on top of all of that, everyone understands in the, in the auto repair industry that the cars of today are completely different than the cars of yesterday. Yesterday, again, we changed the oil every 3,000 miles. We did fluids at 30, 60, 90. We did most everything at like 75, 50 to 75,000 miles. We did the belts and the hoses. And typically on brakes, you went 25 on the front, 35 on the back, 25,000 miles and 35,000 miles on the back. Today we have cars that come in that have 60,000 miles and the brakes look like they're brand new. It just depends on who's driving, how fast they're driving, how much, how late they are from work, <laughs> and all of those other dynamics. There's lots of people that will downshift their automatic transmissions to save the brakes. Some techs will say, well, wait a minute, you're sacrificing wear and tear on a piece of, of a, a part on your car, your transmission, that could easily cost you three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 to replace. Brakes are cheaper. There is good and bad about that discussion, but if you want to have that discussion, have it with the guy that um, that takes care of your car. And by looking at the odometer, how old the car is, looking at some of the repair orders, they should be able to guide you with that kind of stuff. It's not a question we get a lot, but it's an example of one of them that you could get uh, your shop involved. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. You're welcome to join us if you'd like, if you have a car question. There is a... Um, there's lots of, of these uh, magazines that come out to us, and one of them was about an, an elevated misfire. And it, this article is, talk, uh, is written by a guy that I actually respect, and he's very knowledgeable, and, and he walks the middle of the road where he's not pro-technician, he's not pro-customer, he's just kind of what's right. And I agree with him probably 98, 99% of the time, if not 100. But he talks about that he has to go to a vehicle that's been mod modified, and it has a misfire code. Now, a misfire code at the local auto parts store is is going to bring you a set of spark plugs, a set of wires. They're going to give you all kinds of stuff to put on your car. And it's it's what I call a shotgun approach. And they're going to hit it probably 25 to 35% of the time. They're going to be right with spark plugs or spark plug wires, stuff like that. But it's not uncommon for us to have to plug in a vacuum line to fix a uh, misfire code. It's not uncommon for us to have lots of other problems that are of much larger magnitude than a spark plug or a wire. So when you go to the auto parts store and you have the young man or woman take the code and then give you a list of things that it could be and then say, this is the predominant one, this is what you should do, I would suggest that they don't know what the predominant one is, maybe predominant one of the geographical area they serve, but in reality, a misfire on number five cylinder can be just so many different things and replacing the spark plug and the wire. You can do that if that's what you want to do, but that's chances of it being a spark plug or a wire are pretty slim. Most of the time, it's delivery of fuel or contaminated air or a compression problem, but in this particular case, he sent out to be a to look at a misfire code on a very large, lifted, off-road kind of truck. And the the discussion centers around a couple of things. Do we charge extra for those big trucks? And I think the answer, the consensus of the men I respect, and women in the auto repair industry that I respect is, is yes, 
because we have to work in the engine compartment, which means we have to build scaffolding in order to get into the engine compartment. And so there's an extra a, a, a labor associated with crawling in and out as opposed to just walking up and bending over the hood to get into the engine compartment. In this particular case, it was a misfire, and I was really excited because this is a mobile technician, and he talks about how he got there, and he recognized the code was a misfire, and he recognized it was number six cylinder. So he ran a compression test on number six cylinder, and the compression test showed that there was a problem with compression. It was quite different than the cylinders on either side of number six. So number four and number five cylinders he also checked, and he said, okay, six has got a problem when compared to four, and or five's got a problem compared to four and six. That's a great thing to do. So now he's isolated it to that. So now he has to run a, a series of tests to see if it's too much air or too much fuel, and what he comes up with is, is that he has a problem with this because it doesn't have fuel. So he's, he thinks about the injector, and so he switches to injectors, and the problem's still there. At the end of the day, he ident properly identifies it as a lifter problem and a camshaft problem, which is deep within the middle of the motor, which necessitates taking the top of the engine apart to replace the camshaft and the bad lifter. It was a great diagnosis. I thought his charge of $175 was very fair. I thought the charge to fix the problem of 4500 was right in the middle of the road because the whole front of the motor has to come apart and the whole top of the motor has to come apart to replace the camshaft and the lifters. So I thought all of that was in really good, really fair and equitable. The only thing I found unusual was the discussion about do we charge more for trucks that are lifted up in the air because it's harder to get up into the engine compartment. And I thought, I'm not quite sure that's something I want to participate in. 602. 50, hold on, 602-508-0960 is the phone number. It's wide open. We'll be back. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Hello, I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. Uncover, uncover retirement concepts you need to know. Optimize your income. Minimize your taxes. Do it with a plan. Understand the process and challenges of retirement planning with best-selling author Alan Kiefer. Let's get smarter about planning our retirement and succeeding at retirement. Tune in to Top Gun Retirement Hour with Alan Kiefer. Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on 960 The Patriot. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. 
And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your fly. Socks go in first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. So you see, son, good manners are important. Should I go through it again? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open, don't speak with your mouth full, keep your elbows off the table. Share your things, play nice, and generally treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier. And it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Today, today and today is the 17th of July, and you're more than welcome to join us. It's a live show, 602-508-0960. Steve's on the line, and we're going to take him first. Steve, how can I help you? You had a quick question about air conditioners in a car. Right okay. now, with it being so humid, would it be easier just to keep it on max so it would be recirculating the interior air rather than have it on regular where it brings in the outside air? and has to take all the condensation out of the air? That's a great question. That That's a great question. Um, it's the first time anyone's ever asked me that question. L- let's go back to the fundamentals. Recirculatory is like your air conditioning in your house. We're recirculating the air. It gradually gets colder by the minute as it circles and circles and circles. So you're going to get colder. Then what happens is people roll down the window or shut the fan down, and then we freeze the unit up because it's already ice cold. What you're saying is, is I'm going to take the inside air, take the moisture out of it, and not have to deal with the moisture in the high humidity times that I would if I went to normal, and you're absolutely right. But I also would suggest to you that the moisture isn't a bad thing. What we don't want to do is we don't want to dry up the evaporator case and not have any moisture because then the drain frosts, or doesn't freeze over, but the drain gets... Uh, plugged up with a bunch of trash and then it doesn't drain and now you have a whole different problem to go after. So I think what I would do is is I tell people if they're going to do recirculatory they have to use the top two speeds. If you get in the bottom two speeds then you start freezing the unit up and we're cycling the compressor on and off and that isn't really good for it in the long run. So to answer your question it really doesn't make any difference either way but I'm I'm proud to tell you that you're one of the few people that really understands the difference between normal and maximum recirculation and there's a real benefit to using those appropriately for instance when you get in your truck after work well how do you turn on the air and what do you do to cool the cab i usually just just put it on max and maybe crack the window a little bit just to let some of the hot air out and then once it starts cooling down drop the fan speed down at least maybe one 
Okay, and the only thing I would change is I'd go to normal first because we got outside air and we're going to push the hot air to the top of the cab and out the windows. Okay. Then, and after another, we, go ahead, I'm sorry. And then another thing, if you're rolling around with the max on all the time, like you're saying, as far as freezing over, maybe just every once in a while flip it over back to regular and let it run for a minute or so, then put it back on max to keep everything maybe going or... You can. You you can. For me, it's just really a matter of I'm not flipping really back and forth. I get in and I go to normal. I I open yeah. up the windows, blow it out. Then I go to recirculatory, and I never drop below three. And if it gets too cold, I'm worried about freezing it up. It The freezing yeah. it up doesn't hurt it. It just causes the compressor to cycle on and off. It's just yeah. the cycling that is going to add wear to the compressor. So in my particular also, case, I run max pretty much all the time. And then also it's better if it's also if it's too cold, just use the uh, temperature control gauge and maybe put that a little from all the way cold. But you, you still get the cool temperature with the high fan speed. You, you're right. Or at least you're... at least not on full because then it goes to the maximum pull on the, the motor. Okay, so, now to do this, in, you're right. I'm, I'm going to take what you said and put it into a visual for radio people that don't have the benefit of TV. It's a Y. Okay, we'll just look at the capital Y. And on the left side is outside air, and on the right side of the Y is recirculatory, and the stalk of the Y is what comes out the vents. And so what we're doing is, is we're manipulating what's coming in and what's going out, and we're using it to our best ability. One of the things that, that people would really like to know, and you'll agree with this, Steve, is, is maybe I pick up... Um, a friend of mine who's a smoker sitting in the passenger seat. I'm going to drop his window down just a little bit. I'm going to go to fan speed high and go to normal so that I'm going to kind of blow against him and out of the truck. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds good. I think we got everyone pretty much confused, but we understand what's going on. Hey, and Appreciate your help. Okay, you bet. The bottom line is, is the difference between maximum and normal is the difference between swamp cooler and air conditioning. That's the difference. With Swamp Cooler, when you turn on Swamp Cooler, you had to open up windows in order to get airflow through the through your house. With air conditioning, you didn't have the windows open. Well, normal is, is the old Swamp Cooler, although it's still cold air. It's still the old Swamp Cooler. You have to have the windows open. And with, with maximum, you don't have to have the windows open. So it's kind of something like that. If you want to know, if you want to look at the best repair shops list that I've ever made, then you can go to my website, MarkSalem.com. There's a list of shops that I can send you to that I have the utmost confidence in their ability to diagnose your problem, give stay within the estimate, fix your problem, and do it fairly and honestly and with ethics. So Strictly Diesel Service and Repair is one of those shops. He's a diesel guy, and I've known Nate for years, and I've always, always admired his skill with Dodge, Chevy, Ford, and a variety of other diesel-run vehicles. So if you're anywhere near the area of Pinnacle Peak Road and, and, and North Phoenix, on the I-17 in North Phoenix, that's where Strictly Diesel Service and Repair is open Monday through Friday. They sell parts 24 hours a day on their website, and they really do good work. But Nate is one of those guys that just has focused on the Chevy, the Ford, and the Dodge, and he's really, rarely, really very good at what he does. So if you just uh, can't find a good diesel shop, I would like very much to suggest Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. There's other shops on the list, and I'll give you another example of some another shop that's kind of in a completely different area of, 
of the work, Automatic Transmission Exchange. Phil's been around since 1968. Automatic transmissions first came out within the decade when they first came out. Today, they're quite different, but Phil understands the fundamentals. Phil understands that we shift the transmission based on speed of the vehicle, RPM of the engine, and now with computers, engine vacuum and where your foot's at and a variety of other different things. But Phil understands that. He understands that we have to shift your transmission in a variety of ways. So he, he knows that. He's been there. He has the experience that few others have because he was back there when automatic transmissions first came out. So he's been on 40th Street in Washington since, uh, I bet it was a dirt road when he started there. But automatic transmission exchange has been around since 1968. And every transmission is put on a state-of-the-art dynamometer and tested and shifted before it's put back in the car. That's kind of cool because at least we can find leaks and we can fix them right then and there. And if we have a problem, we'll find it as we exercise the transmission through all the different range, park, reverse, neutral, drive one, two, three, four, overdrive, lockup, all that stuff. So that's kind of what's important. So automatic transmission exchange, 40th Street in Washington, if you have a problem, I'm certain he'll... he'll. On Monday mornings and Friday afternoons, for obvious reasons, it's difficult. But any other time, if you call ahead and say, can I take someone for a ride, I can duplicate the problem every time. And I'd like to show them the problem. Those are words that we all embrace. We love it when people say something like that. They're considered not Monday mornings and Friday afternoons for obvious reasons because we're real busy then. And second of all, they can duplicate the problem and they've practiced where they can duplicate it every time. Gosh, that's important. But that goes for clunks and bumps and noises when I turn left and all that kind of stuff. You can save yourself a lot of money and insist the shop send someone with you and you're going to show them how to make the noise, make the clunk, make the rubbing, whatever. And then you're going to switch places with the, the technician and have and teach him how to make it happen while he drives it. That You can't imagine how much money you can save on the diagnostic side if you can make the shop or ask the shop to do that kind of a process. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. lines are wide open. And when you call, Gil's going to answer the phone. He'll be real nice to you. You be real nice to him, and he'll tell you what's your name. And then he'll say in my ear, the next caller is John. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot. Uh, hit an ID that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I, I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because 
I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I don't want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PBA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30. Tanning doesn't make me look healthier. My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Tanning doesn't make me glow. My individuality does. Tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk. Stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. So, Justin, I was playing that video game, Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog, and he was all like... And I went playing in this virtual stream where this water... It looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest. The real forest. Where I was running down this... Well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit. And I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles. Like, wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's, uh, pretty cool, too. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. So it's 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. I've got three lines open. I've got Harold and Bobby, and I'm going to get to them in just a minute. But you're welcome to join us, 602-508-0960. Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing has been in Mesa since 1970. But in reality, I've known the families of these two young people that own Thompson's Auto Repair since the 60s. It's an amazing transition where you see mom and dad go into the gas station car repair business and then ultimately you see their their kids go into it as well. That's kind of nifty. And it doesn't happen as often as it really should. But nevertheless, that's why I can refer you to the only shop in Mesa that I can put my name behind and say you're going to get treated fairly, they're going to do a good job, they're going to be right on their price, and they're going to fix your problem without guessing. So Thompson's Auto Repair is on Main Street just east of Stapley. And again, the only shop, and you can find information about them at MarkSalem.com. Harold, thank you for calling. How can I help you? Yeah, hey, Mark, I've got a general question for you relative to uh, engine design. It seems as though virtually every manufacturer today offers a turbocharged engine for their cars and their trucks, but nobody that I know of offers a supercharger on an engine. Why is this? Okay, do you know the difference between the two? 
Well, I believe a supercharger is driven by the engine, like belt-driven, and it's basically an air pump. That's right. And the turbocharger is driven by the exhaust. Yes, through a turbine wheel. Um, Right. And so so just for the rest of the folks that aren't up to what we're talking about, um, when your engine breathes, it breathes just like I breathe every day. You suck in and you exhale. You suck in and you exhale. Now, pretend like that I put a little bitty hose in the corner of your mouth and every time you sucked air in, I gave you a little of additional air. Not enough to blow your lungs up, but just a little additional air. Then we squirt fuel in there, and then we have an explosion. Well, a turbocharger and a supercharger adds power to something that's much smaller than you would expect to give you power. So to answer your question, you're gonna you're you're not gonna see a lot of superchargers. That's for sure. Uh, we started we had some of those in the Buicks in the early I think late 80s, early 90s. Um, they were around for a while, but people didn't want to pay. Plus when they failed it was a big deal and so turbochargers and virtually every diesel has a turbocharger and i just think that the belt driven supercharger compounds the top of the engine and that means we have to move the supercharger to do any work to the top of the motor and that's a big deal where a turbocharger is typically in the exhaust so i also think the turbocharger is more effective for this reason it's run by a stream of exhaust that's already present where the supercharger is going to have a parasitic load on the engine because it's belt-driven. So we're using the exit of the motor to drive the turbocharger, and there's a big difference about that parasitic um, draw on the overall performance. Did I get it kind of close for you? Yeah, so I, I guess what you're saying, don't expect to see anybody offering a supercharger in the near future. I don't. I don't think. I. I would think that that would be a reasonable guess for and a reasonable thing for me to say is is we just don't see them now. If you're going to take your Camaro, that's a ten year old Camaro or any Mustang, and you want to put something that's going to make it go faster, then a supercharger is going to be the easiest dog to do it with. You're just going to bolt it to the top. You're going to have a different pulley, and you're going to have a new programmer, and you're going to reprogram the car, and boom, you're done. So I think aftermarket modifications lead towards superchargers because they're much easier to install. It's and when you start doing a bunch of exhaust work and rerouting exhaust so that you can run the turbo, and then you've got to have a cold air. You've got to have air coming through a cooler, then going to the to the turbo, and then from there going into the engine. It's just a big deal that you don't have to mess with. So the answer to your question is, I don't think you're going to see anybody putting superchargers on anything in the near future. Uh, I don't expect that will happen. I don't see the benefit myself. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're welcome, Bobby. You're up next. How can I help you? Hey, Mark, I had a question about putting pads in the uh, my Brembo brakes in my Mustang. Uh-huh. Um, I got actual Brembo pads, and uh, they come with these stainless shims. And my question is, do you, sometimes they come with instructions, but this one didn't. Do you grease both sides of that shim? Oh, some, not... some, Sometimes they tell you grease the back side of the shim. Yeah, and the uh, at the ends of the uh, caliper pistons also. But okay, you, you, in your Mustang, you've got pins that hold the caliper over the rotor. Yes. Yes. Okay, you'll use a little bit of that grease on those pins. We want that right. caliper to slide less than right. Then, after you put the shim on the pad, 
on the outside of the pad where the fingers and the piston touch the pad is where that grease should go. Because the vibration of the pad is going to make a noise against the piston on the inboard pad and the fingers of the caliper on the outboard pad. So just a, a light, thin film um, will do it. Now, if you ask me now, you say, Mark, do you guys do that at your shop? And the answer is, is no, and, and here's why. Because if you put the pads in right and they fit in the caliper right, then they're not going to move. And if they don't move, and there's some anti-rattle springs that typically come with the pads that most people throw away anyway, but if they put those anti-rattle springs in there, then you wouldn't have brake squealing. But the brake squealing is the application of the brakes, and the pad is is chattering like a guitar string, and right. it's making a squealing noise. So, But to answer your question, it's not between the back of the pad and the shim. It's on the other side of the shim and the piston, and on the outboard okay. pad between the fingers. That's where you put that loop, okay? All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Bobby. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We have five lines, and they're all wide open right now. And if you don't start calling with your car questions, then I'm going to start crying. And uh, you don't want to hear that because it's just so much of wailing going on over here. But we answer kind of any kind of questions. And those of you ladies, um, don't be afraid. We'll walk you through. Uh, I will walk you through helping you um formulate your question i'll ask this is kind of a q a is tell me what you got and then i ask questions and tell me what you got and the answers is yes no or i don't know those are acceptable the guys do it too it doesn't make any difference it's easy so if you have especially a dispute in the family about whether we should use this or do this or do that or not do this then that's what i'm good for too 602-508-0960 Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. You depend on our incomparable lineup of talk hosts each day. Now you have the chance to meet one of them face-to-face, announcing the Terrific Talkers VIP Experience. We'll fly you and a guest on a three-night stay to meet your favorite radio host. Choose from eight experiences which host you'd like to meet. Dinesh D'Souza, Sebastian Gorka, Dennis Prager, and more to choose from. Enter up to once per day and complete bonus tasks to increase your chances of winning. Meet your favorite program host on the Terrific Talkers VIP Experience. Go to 960thepatriot.com to enter. Talkers VIP Experience, brought to you by Amfed Coin and Bullion. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday, William Wolf interviews attorney David Rothschild as they discuss the Arab-Israeli conflict from a left-wing Arab perspective. Real opinions or propaganda? You can be the judge. Don't miss this very important show. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. 
Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do, do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. <laughs> the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Forty-four minutes after the hour of ten o'clock, we're going to be here till twelve noon talking about cars and car repair. You're welcome to join us. The phone number easy six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. 960 because this is 960 the patriot on the am dial in phoenix and you can also find it in a variety of other radio venues on the internet so 602-508-0960 larry harker's auto repair has been around since 1967 when you walk in the front doors you're going to meet ellen that's bob's wife and don't fool yourself in believing that she doesn't have the authority to make any decision in the world because she does, but she's a very pleasant lady, and she's also very, very car savvy. So I asked her not so long ago what it was like when she had some big hairy-chested guy come in and start talking down to her about cars, and she smiled, and she says, that's okay, it happens all the time. And I would imagine it does, but that's okay. Bob's really good, Jeremy in the shop is really good, and they're a really good shop to go to, and his strong point is finding stuff that nobody else can find or others have tried but were unable to find so again they've been around since 1967 auto electrical work brake service auto emissions vehicle maintenance check engine lights noises hums clunks all that stuff they have the equipment necessary to find it and then if you accept their estimate they'll repair it as well larry harker's auto 38th avenue and indian school and i'm real proud to recommend them to you steve good morning hi Mark, um, I got a question for you. Okay, I have an old '77 Plymouth Trail Duster. It's got a 440, and I've been I rebuilt the thermo quad, and I've been tuning it. And my my question is about how lean is too lean of a fuel mixture on light throttle? When I when I just lightly cruise around the neighborhood, it goes to like 60, 16 to one on the air fuel ratio, and I just want to know, you know, how lean is dangerous north of north of 19 or north of 20 but see here's the deal lean is okay obviously you have some computer operating in the fuel delivery or the ignition on this truck or car uh, i just i just add an air, an air fuel ratio meter okay okay all right cuz see when you're just when you're just cruising down the road and you're light throttling and you're just maintaining speed then under the best of conditions, everything, the EGR valve, the timing, the vacuum advance, the mechanical advance, all that mechanical stuff that you have is going to be working to just try to trim everything. So I wouldn't be concerned about anything other than sustained period of time at 18 or 20 to 1. Now, okay. also know that when the leaner it runs, for the longer it runs, it raises the temperatures. Another way you could look at this is just look at the temperature gauge. I think on your, your old Chrysler you have a middle mark, and then you have a quarter mark, a middle mark, and a three-quarter, and then you got a red zone on the right. Am I close? 
Uh, close. I'm not in that car at the moment. I'm at work, okay. so I can't look at it. No, no, it's okay. Um, I think it, it, today, back in the days, everybody said they were overheating when the needle hit the middle. We now know that the car is best served by running between half and the three-quarter mark. That applies for older cars, too. We now know that. The reason we know that is is because the hotter we can run the motor over two water boils at 220, and so 212, I think it is. I don't know. 212. So we want to run it up a little hotter than that so that when we're exercising the motor, we're going to get the oil over 212. It's going to turn the water to a vapor, and the PCV valve is going to suck it out and take it, send it down the tailpipe. So we're going to forward progress those older cars to under the best of conditions between half and three quarters in normal operating temperatures with and without AC. But in your case, if you're if you're doing the trim, let me ask you this: What is it at idle? Um, idle, I I believe I have it set around fourteen to one, thirteen to fourteen to one at the moment. That's perfect. That's perfect. Fourteen point seven okay. to one. Yeah. That's perfect. So you've you you have got the thermal quad. I now what about when it's choking? It's on fast idle and the choke flaps half shut. Where are you at there? <laughs> oh, then I can think it goes down to ten to one, or even less. It's okay though. <laughs> it's okay because okay. there's an explanation why it's at six to one or seven to one or ten to one, and there's an explanation why it's at twenty to one. As long as there's an explanation for that wide open scale, and most people don't even know what we're talking about, but it's imp- it's it's impressive that you put that on there because you, with that you can probably do some idle modifications with the air fuel mixture screws to trim that yeah. perfectly. But but let me just tell you how to do it without that gauge. You warm it up till the choke flap is wide open. You back out one of the air fuel mixture screws a turn. And you listen to the motor and your eyes are closed. And the motor didn't change. And so I'm going to back it out again, a turn, and the motor didn't change. Okay, well, I'm that fat. I haven't added any more fuel. So now I'm going to go one in, nothing's changed. One in, nothing's changed. Half in, nothing's changed. A half more, yes. Well, that's the sweet spot. Right there at that last half in on an air-fuel mixture screw, we lost some RPM. That's where we need to be. So I'm going to back it out a quarter turn and be done. So you could do that with your idle circuit. On your main circuit, you're going to have to change needles or jets, and you probably don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah, well, I, I've got a tuning kit, strip kit for it, so I've been I've been going back and forth between idle and metering rod adjustments trying to get that, that middle zone and light throttle just a little richer, you know, closer to 14, for, away from the 16 to 1. Um, and I just am more concerned about just how much do I have to bother doing that? <laughs> yeah, I I, I got to tell you, I wouldn't be worrying about fourteen and sixteen to one. Here's the deal: if you get down in the lean condition, it's going to ping. Have Have you ever got it to ping like on wide open throttle when you're racing the VW Bug next to you or something? It's hard to say. That thing's so noisy that it's uh, okay. It's okay. Hard to tell. Okay. Fair enough. I understand. So <laughs> the pinging, the pre ignition is going to be okay. We need to either bring the timing back or we need to add a little fuel that's it so and maybe to see if you can actually hear it is why don't you advance the timing five degrees or so and go drive it and see if you can get it to rattle are you running super or regular a regular okay with with regular fuel one molecule ignites 10 and 10 ignite 20 that's an yeah. that's an exaggeration with premium this is the exaggeration one ignites two two ignites four four ignites six the burn in super 
is a little longer in milliseconds of time than the burn in unleaded. So if you want more power, and we're talking about thousands of an inch and thousands of this, then you can add a little bit more timing to it, and that will probably help you out. And if you, you know you've gone too far in timing when either you're rattling and pinging or it, it slow cranks on you, go, ruh, 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 then you got okay. too much timing in it. But that's the way the old okay. race car guys used to set them up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all the information I can find is on full throttle race cars and not just light throttle driving around. That's why I was curious to call you. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you know, I was so impressed. I must pay you a compliment that you came to 14 to 1 because that's the, that's the stoichiometric ratio that we strive for. And yeah. so anything up from that or down from that, you're, you're hitting a home run. And I bet when you pull the plugs, they're going to be nice and tan. And if they're nice and tan, you've hit a home run, and you are using every drop of fuel that goes forward, and nothing's coming out of the tailpipe. And I can no longer say to you on an old car, if you want to die, just wrap your lips around the tailpipe, and you'll be dead in a short period of time. Because with a car that's running clean like yours, it, it might you might have to pack your lunch. i got to go, but thank you very much. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. And so we have five. Gil answers the phone. 602-508-0960. Actually, Mark, we have a caller, John. He's ready to uh, thank, get on the air. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I'm uh, I'm looking at two different clocks, and I'm sorry about that. But, John, how can I help you today? Yeah, Mark, I wanted your thoughts on something. I uh, saw a commercial yesterday from AutoZone, and it's the first time I've ever seen it that advertised like this because I know you started the show with diagnostic and diagnosis, mm-hmm. and their thing was on this commercial was the free – AutoZone Finder service, and they're actually saying the warning light that they can, you know, that they look at with their equipment in less than a minute is backed by technician verified fixes. And I was thinking to myself, man, I had a lot of questions with that. I was wondering your thoughts. Now, you know, this happens to me a lot, John. It's at the end of the first hour, and I get a, a, a question like this that. I'm not mad at John in the least bit, but it wads my underwear of something fierce. <laughs> the question is, is who's these certified technicians? That's the question. Who's the one that's saying yeah. this code and, 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 the, and I ran three tests and here's the results of each one of the three tests. And at the end of that, then I came to the conclusion that I had a lean condition. Then I hit the brake pedal and saw the lean condition get wor- worse. Then I recognized that the brake booster's bad. Okay? So who are these right. people? Are, is, it, is it the do-it-yourselfers that are coming into the parts store? And are they saying, oh, this oxygen sensor fixed this code on my car, and so now they have all this together? You've hit a really hot spot with me because I can't do it over the phone and I can't do it on the radio because I have to take ch- tailpipe emissions. I want to look at O2 sensor readings. I want to look at MAP sensors. I want to look at mass airflow sensors. It takes a while for me to figure out why this thing's missing or running lean or running rich or doesn't start. It takes a while, and I have to have the car in front of me. So I... Oh, gosh, I don't, I need to just be careful what I say here. Um, I think, I just read something the other day that there's a place with transmissions that if you call them, and if you have all of these 
following pieces of equipment, they'll walk you through this repair for $75. Then I went and looked at the reviews, and they're all glowing from shops. Here's why. Because the shop has the equipment. So they're, they're plugging in their scanners, and it's not a code reader. It's a scanner. So we're going to look at serial stream data. So the guy on the other line goes, well, listen, Mark, you have a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 transmission. And what's the temperature? And da, 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 And we go back and forth. And he's gathering data. Then he goes, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to manually put it in first and go take it up high on the RPMs. And I want you to do this. And together, we're going to fix or diagnose your transmission. Well, until you have that ability, then it's suspect. Let me tell you what happened just recently well, on a separate subject, John. To my, to me, Mark, uh, it brought up more questions than answers. Well, it's, what and it's going to do is, is it's going to be guessing. They're just guessing. Yeah. And, and who benefits from right. guessing? The parts store. They, they do. Yeah. 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 Let me tell you what I saw the other day on Facebook. Um, and I, and again, my panties are wrapped up around my shoulder blades right now. Um. Some guy said that uh, he went, took his car into a repair shop, and they charged him four or five hundred dollars to fix a bunch of m- modules. And that's because the guy at the auto parts counter said to him, "Oh, you just jump started somebody's car. You can't jump start newer model cars. They can't do that. You cannot jump start newer model cars." Well, he has a couple of controllers that are burnt up in his car. That tells me unequivocally, guaranteed, guaranteed that somebody crossed the cables. Now, it's either going to be the Good Samaritan that stopped and helped him, or it's going to be the guy that had the dead battery. But the story doesn't go on. It just talks about now this auto parts store has perpetuated this thing that says you should not, as a Good Samaritan or otherwise, let anybody jumpstart your car or you jump to start their car in any of the new later model cars. And I don't know what later model cars is, but that typically means about the last 10 years. Nothing could be further from the truth. It just wadded my underwear up something fierce for them to give that kind of bad stuff out there because all that happened is is somebody who hooked up the cables hooked them up backwards, positive to negative. And they smoked, and, and we, we, this is what we talk about. We talk about that the electronic control module, you let the smoke out of it. That means <laughs> we saw smoke coming out of the module because you crossed the cables. Man. And so you just ruined that module. So it's this kind of stuff is perpetuated by the hairy-chested guys that don't have enough skills to work at a shop, but they hang around the front counter of the auto parts stores, and they share experiences with one another, and then sooner or later what happens is is it becomes God's law. So there's nothing to the, to, to the rumor that you can't jumpstart a newer model car. You can't jumpstart one or have someone jumpstart your new uh, later model car late model car there's nothing that's that's true about that it has everything to do with the skill level of the person that's going to be hooking up the cables and if it's a tow truck driver and he's got 10 years under his belt or five years under his belt he is certainly capable of pulling that off so the proper installation of jumper cables is what prevents the electronic controls to uh, let the smoke out so to speak 602-508-0960 602-508-0960 one more time 602-508-0960 